0: You're listening to Spitball with Adri Ballhawk Mallows and Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. Hello, and welcome to this week 16 episode of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Ballhawk Mallows, joining me this week. All the way from the south of France is my co-host, Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, sir? Ah,
1: bonjour. Sous baguette. That's, that's, that's all the French, you know.
0: Ah, Savard? Yeah. Smiling nod. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really work on an audio podcast, but okay, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good, <mate. laughs> And on that note, uh, glad you could join us again this week. It was so strange doing it without you last week, mate.
1: Yeah. Great to to still be here on holiday, but still managed to actually sign in for a bit of a
0: spitball. Nice work. Well, join us after this short break for the quickfire roundup of the Week 16 action. The Super Bowl is defined by spectacular plays, and those that have the longest staying power are often the longest runs. To time for some teams,
1: lightning strikes twice. He's gone, he's gone, let's He'll
0: hand off to Smith, Timmy Smith, from 58 yards! As time passes, those plays and players grow in stature. Throughout Super Bowl history, familiar faces have risen to the moment, he's to go all the way. even if it means rising and running in the opposite direction. He's gonna be picked up. Now, with another super stage on the verge of being set, who will join them in a run for immortality?
1: Let's start our quick fight action with Thursday Night Football in San Diego way in Oakland. In a night where Charles Woodson was honoured, it was apt that the Oakland defence helped Oakland into the overtime with a safety and a fumble recovery in the second half. Oakland's offense seems to be spluttering, and the Chargers were very unlucky with a late call, a uh, touchdown call, not to be given some kind of lead, but uh, not the best game of football ever to watch. However, Oakland wins this at overtime, 23 points to 20.
0: Into the AFC East now as the Jets played host to division winners, the New England Patriots. The Jets are really playing great football at the moment and that continued on Sunday as the Jets' defense was all over the Patriots and limited their offensive output to just three points in the first half. On the Patriots' first drive of the second half, Brady was picked off by Revis Island, which was followed by another Jets touchdown. Patriots then did what they do, and they rallied late to tie the game 20-0 by the end of regulation into overtime, and that's where we saw the debacle of the coin toss. The Patriots chose to kick for some bizarre reason, and the Jets took possession and promptly took it five plays down the field, with Fitzpatrick finding Eric Decker on a six-yard touchdown pass to win the game and keep their playoff hopes alive. Let that be a lesson to not kick first in overtime, 26-20 to 20 to the Jets.
1: From AFC to NFC, uh, Washington at Philadelphia. And in a game that could have set the tone for the NFC East, Redskins and Kirk Cousins put four touchdowns down on Philadelphia. Now, it may have been the rain, but Eagles didn't help themselves at all by giving away seven fumbles, four of them which were recovered by the Redskins. I mean, this just left Redskins to claim the division with a week to go. First time Redskins in the postseason since 2012, and it was a good win for them, 38 points to 24.
0: Tampa versus Chicago now, and a blocked punt early on by Tampa set up a short touchdown run for the Dugganaw, Doug Martin, put the Bucks up 7 0. The Bears answer back with a touchdown of their own, but on this day it would be the Bears' defense who would have the last laugh, forcing two fumbles from the aforementioned Dugganaw and picking off Jameis Winston on the goal line. Despite a super late Hail Mary touchdown for the Bucks, the Bears hung on to win 26 21.
1: Carolina at Atlanta. Now the big hype for the undefeated Panthers taking on the Falcons team that they demolished two weeks prior. The Falcons defence set Cam Newton quite quiet on this night with constant pressure in his face. Cam would end up finishing with less than 150 yards passing. Meanwhile, the Falcons offense found that form they had early in the season when they went 6-0. This was definitely upset alert as Atlanta managed to win this game 20 points to 13.
0: Houston versus Tennessee now, and the Titans also had a mad case of fumbleitis this week, losing the ball three times, not to mention being picked off once as well. Houston also decided this would be the game where they would play mix and match with their quarterbacks, as we often saw the recently acquired BJ Daniels come in for some wildcat plays. In the end, none of that really mattered, and the Texans went on to win 34-6.
1: Pittsburgh at Baltimore. The Steelers came into this game a 14 points favourite but clearly the Ravens team led by Ryan Mallett under centre this time hadn't heard this because the Ravens offence would completely control the clock to just suffocate the Steelers chances and Baltimore defence would break down the Steelers offence. Ravens are ready to put out themselves the playoff picture but however they could ruin it for Pittsburgh party definitely. The way they moved the ball into the fourth quarter, Pittsburgh had a chance to, to try and at least tie the game to win it but were unsuccessful a Big Ben Roffersberger could never get himself focused on the day. Bolt would win this 20 points to 17.
0: Jags versus Saints now, and for a team that has had its defense slated this year, you'd struggle to wonder why after watching the early parts of this game. Saints defense picked off Blake Bortles twice, and Breeze was on fire throwing touchdowns to Brandon Cooks and Michael Humanawano. <laughs> Can't pronounce that, I do apologise. <laughs> Hightower added a rushing touchdown as well as put the Saints up 21 0. Jags did try and fight back, and Bortles had some nice touchdown passes to Alan Robinson and Alan Hearns, but in the end, Saints were just too much for them and won this game 38 27.
1: Dallas at Buffalo and the Cowboys were coming to town with no Des Bryant who was inactive on Sunday. The Cowboys offense never really got going under Kellen Moore and the Bills run game literally ran over the Cowboys. A game with no implications on the offseason however if Buffalo can keep this going well we'll probably see Rex keep his job. The run game seems to be smooth and Tyro Taylor seems to be adapting himself as an, an all-purpose quarterback. Some positives to take away from this game but however ultimately nothing to the postseason. Buffalo win this 16 points to 6.
0: On to- one of the games of the week now as the Packers flew into the deserts, to take on the Arizona Cardinals. The Packers' O-line really struggled in this game, leaving Rodgers to get sacked nine times, which is just unbelievable. You can't expect to win a game playing that kind of football. The Cardinals' offense, on the other hand, was always clicking on all cylinders and built up a 31-0 lead thanks to TDs from Fitzgerald and John Brown. Green Bay did find a way to get one score on the board, but the outlook for them going into the playoffs does not look good. They lost this one 38-8.
1: San Francisco at Detroit, and another game now with no playoff implications, it just seems to go from bad to worse for the Niners. Detroit definitely stepping up their game, shut out the 49ers in the second half as Matt Stafford and the offense put up 300 yards on San Francisco. Very few positives to say about San Francisco as they look just to be getting towards the end of a very long and tiresome season. Detroit wins this one for points to 17.
0: Marcus's Rams at Seattle now, and since Jeff Fisher has been the head coach of the Rams, these games have always been really close. Seems there is nothing like this rivalry to get the Rams' defence and by the looks of things Marcus fired up, they used this to their advantage, forcing fumbles, one of which was run back to the house by Akeem Ayres. Case Keenan was starting at QB again for the Rams and he found a diving Kenny Britt in the end zone, putting the Rams up 16-0. Only two scores though and at home you'd expect the Seahawks to come back but despite another touchdown pass from Wilson to Baldwin, the Seahawks just couldn't get it done and a late fumble by Russell Wilson sealed the win for the Rams 23. Three to seventeen.
1: Cleveland at Kansas City, and it was a tale of two halves really, Kansas found themselves a 17 points free up at the half time with some great work from Alex Smith who took control of the offense and Manziel who seems to just be completely losing his, however second half and Manziel found his mojo running plays like he did in his old college days which would lead the Browns to within one score of Kansas City and on the Kansas City 20 yard line with time ticking out, but however the seconds just slipped away and Cleveland could never make that last sort of play to try and take a shot for the win. Kansas City would survive this scare but win their ninth straight game to put themselves nicely into the playoffs and to see when they're 17-13.
0: Giants versus Vikings now, and after his on-field antics last week, the Giants had to go through this game with no Odell Beckham Jr., and to be honest, it really did hurt them. They couldn't move the ball at all, and when they tried, they were picked off by the Vikings' defence, which included a pick-six from Harrison Smith. This game was so one-sided, it was untrue, and both McKinnon and Peterson had rushing touchdowns for the Vikings on their way to a 49-17 win.
1: Indianapolis at Miami. The Colts need to win this to have a chance to win the division. Reach the playoffs, really. They played a Miami team who've had some troubles of their own. Now, both offenses struggled to to really move the ball. However, Frank Gore showed his bit. He's still a big-time player in this league with 85 yards and two touchdowns. Now, even Jarvis Landry's acrobatics couldn't help Miami, and they fell short for Indy to stay into a contention to see that playoff place. Indianapolis wins this, eighteen to twelve.
0: We finish as always with Monday night football, and this week it was a clash between the Cincinnati Bengals and Denver Broncos. This game was a tale of two halves and in the first half, it was the Bengals who were on top thanks to a touchdown from AJ Green and a rushing touchdown from receiver Mohamed Sanu out of the Wildcat formation. The Bengals were up 14-3 at the half and into the second half and the Broncos finally got their offense moving thanks to Emmanuel Sanders. As time was starting to run out, the Broncos found themselves in a position to kick the winning field goal but McManus completely shanked the kick left of the post. It was an ugly, ugly kick. A bit like Marcus's ugly face. On their first drive in overtime, the Broncos went the length of the field and got a field goal but as we know the new rules mean Bengals had a chance to win it but a fumbled snap on 2nd and 10 gave the game to the Broncos 20-17. to 17. Who are you? I don't even know your name. What's your name? Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. Let me see your name. T- turn around. I don't know you bro. You're having one of those days. Hey, baby you're having one of those
1: days i say that to say this and you wouldn't have did what you would have did then we wouldn't have been where we was at to get what we got that just don't make no sense dog. marcus put your shoe on put it on i
0: can't face with this gloves i think
1: i my tooth wish I had some goals, even buy me some tea.
0: We come on now to our weekly musings, and with the playoffs just around the corner, it seems appropriate to talk about the playoff picture in both conferences now. Before we do that, I think young Marcus has something he wants to talk about regarding the playoffs.
1: I was just scratching my brain about it and looking at you know how the playoff picture works. And of course, now the NFC is pretty much uh, all set in. This upcoming week, especially for NFC teams, is kind of done. I don't know I said a few weeks ago about... Oh, should change the format for winning teams. All right. So now I'm thinking about a new format. What if we made the wild cards at 8 team bracket? One plays eight, two plays seven, three, six. Yada, 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 yada. So you've got more teams, meaning there's more chance for that big upset team, that number eight, to come in and get their way to the Super Bowl, kind of like the Giants did a few years ago, doing it the hard way, the underdogs. We all love it. And it just sort of gives that chance that more teams in the mix, more to fight for.
0: But if you do that, you're going to be more likely to have more teams without a winning record in the playoffs themselves, which I know is something that really grinds your gears.
1: I mean, it does. But then again, if you'd have more opportunities, the fact is we're going to lose the Steelers or the Chiefs or the Jets or one of those teams with a winning record. Now, if you had eight teams, effectively, you're going to have more chance for if you've got a season where there's there's more winning teams especially if you've got one division that's got a lot of teams that are doing well, or two divisions that have got lots of teams doing well. Like now we've got the AFC North that's doing very well, but we've also got the the AFC West and also the AFC East. You know, lots of teams doing well. If you had two extra spaces, you could get the Jets, the Chiefs, the Steelers all in. The Colts were probably going to finish on a winning record as well. They are all going to be in there, so it could all effectively work.
0: It could do, but just to be a a pain in the backside and awkward to you, as always, if you have eight teams, there are going to be teams that are sewing up positions a lot earlier in the season and having a lot less to play for earlier in the year. Whereas at the moment, a lot of the time it does come down to Week 16 and 17, especially the way they've put the division games at the beginning and the end of the season. So personally, hey, I think if it ain't broke, you don't need to fix it. I love this playoff format. And you know what? Teams have been going without that have had winning records for the last I don't know how long. It seems to work. People with winning records just need to accept it how it is. And uh, for me, I think, just crack on. Unless you get a bigger league, then you need to expand it according to how many teams you've got in the league. But, you know, personally, I would stick with with how it is. (laughs) Moving swiftly on to the NFC playoff picture, as you were mentioning there. Um, All six teams are indeed locked in. So we have Carolina, Seattle, Arizona, Minnesota, Green Bay, Washington, The only thing that's not settled is who's going to win the NFC North. That comes down to the Minnesota-Green Bay game this coming weekend. So whoever wins that will win the NFC North and be the third seed in the playoffs. Whoever loses will be the fifth or the sixth seed, and it depends on Seattle's result as to whether they finish fifth or sixth. So there's still a few things to play for there um, in that NFC playoff picture. And who do you think out of those six teams is going to make it... In fact, actually, no, I'll tell you what. We'll do the AFC first, then we'll come on to Super Bowl yeah. predictions. But, you know, of those playoff teams, Marcus, who are you liking at the moment, sort of, form-wise? Um, I
1: still have to think that for the best overall team in the league has to be the Cardinals on the NFC side. I think the Atlanta game did show some some chinks in the armour from NFC uh, for, for the Panthers. So I think they're not, sort of, as undefeatable. And there's been a couple of scares this year. So I think the, the, the dominance... Of that defense, that is scary. Um, that Arizona defense and with Palmer healthy. Yeah, there's a lot to play for there.
0: And this will probably surprise you, but I have to agree. I think Arizona are probably the form team at the moment, just with how they're playing and all the different um, components they've got, making that a, a world class team. Going to come on he to. He agrees the...
1: with me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he agrees with me.
0: I know it makes a nice change, isn't it? A bit of yin and yang, mate. Um, <laughs> AFC <laughs> playoff pitcher now. Kansas, Denver, New England, Cincinnati are all locked in. The AFC South is still up for grabs between Houston and Indianapolis, but if Houston win, they are in. And then you have the last place, which comes down to... Pittsburgh and the New York Jets so firstly what are your thoughts on the AFC South?
1: Yeah I'm not sure what I think about that.
0: They've got the Jags um, Houston have uh, next week the so. Jags, uh, they
1: both con- uh, continues to win so effectively that does put for me that puts Texans through and I think Texans are one of those teams that's starting to find its find its feet, find its rhythm um, they've been very banged up all year but they've sort of made do of the the plays they've got you know Star running back goes out. Um, the constant quarterback carousel. You know, I think they—is it? It's Weeden now, isn't it?
0: It is Weeden. Yes.
1: I think. I think if they stick with Weeden, they'll do all right.
0: What do you think about Clowney going out though? Do you think that's going to have a big impact with the injury he picked up this week? I'm a bit
1: disappointed in Clowney as a whole because I think he hasn't actually meet, reached that um, number one draft pick potential.
0: Not yet. No, he has struggled a bit, hasn't he? Since he's been coming back from injury, we've seen glimpses injured. of it. He's been injured. He's had a bit of a highlight reel this year, but that's, that, he's not highlight as in that's how many plays he's made. He's made five or six rather than having a, a season full of highlights. Um, just to clarify that. And um, we'll come on then to the last place, the, the sixth seed, um, Pittsburgh Steelers or New York Jets. Well, we know that the New York Jets have got. Um, the Buffalo Bills. I hear they're a really awesome team. Not not being biased at all there, yeah. but I've got a feeling that you know they may they may sneak a, a victory there. Buffalo and um, Pittsburgh have got Cleveland. So h- again, who do you think is going to win that race for sixth place between the Steelers and the Jets?
1: Jets. Sorry. When you topple New England Patriots, you've got you've got a chip on your shoulder. You've got confidence going into the the Buffalo game. Buffalo. You've not had a bad year, what? You seven and
0: eight. Uh, seven and eight at the
1: moment. It's not yeah. an awful, it's not an awful year. And I think there's a lot of games that you should have won that you haven't won. Um, but I just think offensively, this team needs to be what you know. Tari Taylor needs a little bit more of a right. Am I going to run it? Am I going to pass it? Needs to be a bit more decisive. Sometimes he just looks a little bit too much. Or do I run or pass? Um, and I think the Jets defense will just be like, you're going to do neither. Boom, put him on the deck. Pittsburgh over, over Cleveland. I mean, I would have said against Ravens was a dead set, but. You know, you never know. Could Manzel bring out some magic?
0: But either way, you're going for the Jets to win and go into the playoffs. Yes. Okay, well, we're going to finish off this little segment then. With, uh, we're a bit closer now to come back to Super Bowl predictions. So would you like to go first or second with your Super Bowl pick? I don't mind going first. Yeah, fire it out there, mate. Let the people know. Let the people know what Mr. Inuendo Bingo thinks.
1: At the moment, I think give the way the run of form and stuff that's gone. I you know what? I really actually like Jets. I think Fitzpatrick and stuff like that. However, I think he'll come up against you know, a brick wall. I mean, if Andy Dalton comes back, you should believe he apparently he's, he should might be back this week. He might not. So if Andy Dalton comes back for the playoffs, because they're going to have an extra week off to relax if they can if they can get over um, Baltimore this weekend. So for me, I'm going to say the Bungles will get into the Super Bowl and they will face the Cardinals and then get absolutely just demolished by the Cardinals.
0: Okay. It's interesting. Well, the Super Bowl I've gone with, I've gone with Arizona as well. Cause I just think when you look at their coaching, you look at their players, you look at the form of Fitzgerald and Palmer and, downtown John Brown I mean they just have so many ways to beat teams and then
1: don't forget have David Johnson now coming in as that running back oh, of
0: course yeah absolutely yeah beast mode 2.0 um <laughs> coming in at running back and they've just got so many ways to beat you and they can they can get up a lead and then when you think you can try and stop the run you can't because Johnson's obviously a, a great running back but I'm going for New England so an Arizona versus New England Super Bowl because as bad as they play and as bad as they played against the Jets this week, I don't see Belichick making that same mistake twice. If they come up against them in the playoffs, which they may do if Jets finish sixth and go through the wild card stage, then they'll have a nice little trip up to New England again. And I don't see them winning that one in the playoffs. Um, Pains me to say it. But I'm going to go with a Cardinals win in the Super Bowl. I think at the
1: moment, the NFC is stronger than the AFC.
0: And with that, we shall move on. I'm eating burritos bigger than you. It's time to go eat, baby. See, us eat. You got some hungry dogs over
1: here. Apple. Orange. Orange. Hot potato. I don't want no
0: crackers. Man. Hungry, man. I got to eat it. Eat them. He's hungry. Man, you guys didn't eat your Wheaties this morning, did you? We eating all day, bro. We'll ground
1: these guys up and turn them into little bit.
0: are listening to spitball snap, to one, we come on now to our weekly
1: Sweet.
0: and of course our impact
1: Players.
0: so being the returner to the show this week marcus i will let you go first sir
1: oh you star. All right then my impact Players. or should i say Players. sorry producer mark but I could not pick one person just soloed out on that Arizona defense. They play I mate, like you said earlier in the show, nine sacks, how about an interception? That you know interception was in their own end zone, so stop points going on the board, four fumble recoveries, two of which were returned for touchdowns. So effectively you stop the other team scoring seven and then put fourteen on yourself. That's pretty impactful.
0: <laughs> yeah i don't think i can disagree with that of course it's going to be called a, a cop out by me and also our producer when he gets to uh Stop. Stop. <laughs> but yeah no, i mean it's a fair shout the cardinals were just unbelievable against the packers and i think when you look at again you look at their full performance the cardinals defense were just outstanding campbell was brilliant and um, nine sacks is just unreal on on Aaron Rodgers as well so it's not as if it's just your standard pocket pass you're talking about a guy who normally can move around in the pocket or move out of the pocket or scramble when he feels the pressure coming so a great shout on them my impact Player. this week goes to a man who made an amazing catch of which the highlight is in this week's blog and that is a receiver who I can pronounce Julio Jones, (laughs) nine receptions, 178 yards, one touchdown. I mean, for me, there's a lot of talk around the league about how good Megatron is, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say it: Jones for me has overtaken Megatron as the league's best receiver. Watch his highlights, see how he performs. I'm saying it: Jones is the best receiver in the league.
1: Boom. And then Antonio Brown. Yes. Okay. <laughs> As you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, he has got the answer wrong.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, this dear. is a big argument, though, isn't it? You could make a case for both, but for me, at the moment, just when you oh, watch open plays, when you watch yeah. some of the catches he makes, Brown makes some great yards after catch, and his lightning has some amazing celebrations. But when you look at the complete package, and um, with the height, the catches he makes, um, some of the insane catches he makes. That's why I'm saying, boom, Julio Jones-Marcus obviously disagrees, so we should probably move on.
1: <laughs> right, then, I'll tell you what, why don't I get on with my... And this one is actually, it's almost like a, a request we've taken just for a special listener out there. Um, actually, this is from me, talking over with the Raiders' number one fan, which is my dad, and this is Raiders to ruin the Chiefs' playoff party. 55-point swing to the Raiders to win by between three to five points.
0: That's uh, so a 55 percentage swing, yeah? Yes, sorry, yeah, 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 not 55 <laughs> points, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, That's a confident 45. Raiders fan right there.
1: No, we're talking three to five points, literally, field goal, maybe, you know what, they've had a, um, a safety in the last two games, maybe another one in there, so
0: yeah. Okay, well, um, Good luck with your swing, Mr. Henson Senior, as that's where that one's obviously come from. So we'll see how he gets on when we come back to it next week. Maybe you can guess better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can do it better than me as well, to be fair, my friend. So we come on now to my swing <laughs> and I am going for the upset of upsets in the NFC North. I'm going for Minnesota to beat Green Bay 55% to 45% by three points or less. The Green Bay Packers are just going to get run over. That Minnesota defensive line is very similar to the Cardinals. You've got Griffin on one end, um, and then you look at the way they back up in the secondary. Smith, the linebackers they've got. Marcus is agreeing green me, he's got his thumbs up. So, Minnesota to Green Bay. You may not have heard it here first, but you have heard it here. So, just remember that. Spanhead Productions are a small, independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs whether it be field recordings, Fox pops or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time consuming job. So Spamhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spamheadproductions.weebly.com That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com well, that wraps it up from us for another week. All that remains is for me to thank Mark Taylor, our producer from Spamhead Productions. My beautiful, there you go, I'm making up for earlier, my beautiful, thank beautiful you. co-host, Marcus. Thank you very much, sir, and thank you for joining us from the south of France.
1: Is This is okay. I will say au revoir to you and all the lovely listeners.
0: Indeed. Remember, we are downloadable on iTunes, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at Adrie Mallows at ballhawksnest. Or at Marcus underscore Innuendo. And if you want to get in touch with us via email, remember...
1: Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Adri or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com.
0: And until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by.